I feel something deep in my spirit today. I feel like the Lord wants to put his arms around us. Our message is, is uh, going to be dwellers of the secret place. And that is who I'm preaching to today, actually ministering to. Uh, I don't know if we'll call this preaching or teaching or both before it's all over. But I, I feel like the Lord would wrap his arms around us and tell you how much he values and appreciates your commitment, number one, to him, your faith in him, your trust in him, but your commitment to prayer. And you are the dwellers of the secret place. And I feel like the Lord would, would uh, have us communicate with a little more clarity how important that prayer is. So some of you may be in, in the valley you may be going through difficulties, but you have prayed in spite of all of the adversity that has come against you, and the Lord will bless you and honor you greatly. Would you stand with me and just lift your hands and thank God for His goodness and His grace, His, His wonderful spirit that we feel here this morning. Lord, we love, we adore, we thank you, we praise you. I am so thankful for your many blessings. You are the faithful God, the holy God, the righteous God. You are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we are able to ask or even think according to the power that worketh in us. We pray today that you would honor us with your presence. Lord, I thank you for honoring us with your presence today in Jesus' name. I want to turn your attention uh, very quickly, and I wasn't going to do this, but I, I feel to do it, and I feel prompted to do it. Sometimes um, pastors are redundant with words, but I have noticed that there are times when God will have me revisit something. Even as a pastor of the church, we assume sometimes in our delivery that everyone gets it. But what I found through the years, sometimes I preached too fast and people didn't get it, too loud and people didn't get it, and possibly I needed to sl slow down. I have preached things before, and we sing songs, uh, we sing the same songs over and over again, and nobody seems to care about that. But if a preacher preaches something that he's preached before, people have a tendency to point it out. But I feel to preach something again and begin what I feel God would have me to give you. I want to turn your attention to the book of 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. And I want to go slow enough today that everyone can grasp what is being said. Uh, years ago, Brother Robert Baer shared a story with me about... Uh, what it would take to rebuild Solomon's temple. It would be in the billions of dollars if we build it today uh, and put everything that was in Solomon's temple. His mother was a prayer warrior. She was a godly woman. <clears throat> her husband uh, abandoned her and left her. But instead of, of becoming bitter, uh, she, she prayed. Brother Robert Baer describes his mother as one of the most godly and prayerful women that he had ever met. 
And his mother began, her body began to disintegrate because of sickness. And he said that the Lord spoke to him that we have this treasure in earthen vessels that God chooses us. In fact, the scripture says, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God and you are not your own for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. And he said, the Lord spoke to me that he would rather live in a body like his mother's that at that time was worth about $8.50. That God would rather live in, in a body, in, in a vessel, in a heart, than he would in a temple made with hands. That God would use and, and choose to live inside of us. Are you thankful that God chose to live in vessels like yours and mine? Worth about $9, but he would rather live in our hearts than he would in a, in a billion-dollar temple or tabernacle. And I am so thankful for that. And I say that because that's where I'm going to take you very quick uh, into the text. Uh, I, I want to intercept, if you'll go with me very quick, to Second Chronicles uh, chapter 6 and pick up at verse 13. For Solomon had made a brazen scaffold of five cubits long and five cubits broad, three cubits high, and set it in the midst of the court, and upon it he stood and kneeled down upon his knees before all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven and said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in the heaven nor in the earth which keepeth covenant and showeth mercy unto thy servants that walk before thee with all thine heart. He begins a 29-verse prayer. It is the prayer of dedication for Solomon's temple. For 29 verses, he dedicates the temple, and he knows if we're going to do any type of dedication, we must dedicate it in prayer. Now, you will have to go back later because time would not allow us to go verse by verse of everything he prayed. But I do want to pick up in verse 24 and let you hear some of what Solomon is praying. And if thy people Israel be put to the worst before the enemy, because they have sinned against thee, and shall return and confess thy name and pray and make supplication before thee in this house, then hear thou from the heavens and forgive the sin of thy people Israel, and bring them again into the land which thou gavest to them and to their fathers. Notice verse 26. When the heaven is shut up and there is no rain, because they have sinned against thee, yet, everyone say yet, if they pray. If, that word in the English language that means in the event, 
that they prayed. In the event that they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin when thou dost afflict them, then hear thou from heaven, forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people Israel when thou hast taught them the good way wherein they should walk and send rain upon thy land which thou hast given unto thy people for an inheritance. Would you lift your hands and ask God to bless us today? Lord, I thank you for your amazing grace and your goodness. And I pray that you would touch and move and minister in this place today. We thank you, Lord, for the amazing people that are here, people that are consecrated and dedicated to prayer. I pray that you would bless them especially. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say unto us today. And we ask in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. You may be seated. Verse 29, then what prayer or what supplication? Soever shall be made of any man or of all thy people Israel, when everyone shall know his own sore or his own grief. What a powerful prayer. He's already praying that, and, and acknowledging that there may be a time when even God's people sin. There may be even a time when they are, they, because of grief and because of difficulty and because of sorrow, that they may even have a sore. There may be something that afflicts them on the inside. But here's the man of God praying a prayer that if they come back to you, and they confess thy name, and they come back into your presence, I'm asking you to forgive them. I'm asking you to bless them. I'm asking you to heal them. I'm asking your ear to be open unto them. Aren't you glad you have men of God that pray like that in your life? Then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive, and render unto every man according to his, all his ways, Whose heart thou knowest, for thou only knowest the hearts of the children of men. That they may fear thee to walk in thy ways. So long as they live in the land which thou gavest unto our fathers. And he continues to pray. And I will not take the time to extract what could be preached out of every single verse. Because he is dedicating the temple. And he is asking God as he dedicates the temple to let this be a place where you forgive, where you hear, where you answer, where you restore. And he is praying that that would be the place. I have already in the introduction of my words to you declared that now we are that place. And I'm thankful that we can come to God ourselves and dedicate our personal temple unto him. And he will hear us. And he will forgive us. And he will take care of us. Aren't you thankful that you've been able to return and, and uh, come back to him over and over again? I wish I could say that, that I have not sinned since I've had the Holy Ghost. But James said if I said that, I'd be a liar that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But I'm glad that God will visit my temple. 
I'm glad that when I cry out to him, he will forgive me and wash me and cleanse me and make me. Is there anybody thankful for the forgiveness that God can give to you personally in prayer? One of the greatest sermons I ever heard, and, and I'll try to stay on course with my train of thought this morning, but, but I feel like going down this path momentarily. Uh, as a new convert hearing Brother J.T. Pugh pray in, in the prayer room, he would have, after he would get up off of his knees, he'd put one hand in his pocket, and then he'd go heel to heel. And I can still hear him saying, Jesus... If people knew me like I knew me, nobody would want to hear me preach. I'm a new convert listening to him pray. I pray that you would wash me and cleanse me. Lord, whatever it takes for J.T. Pugh to be saved, I pray that you would save me. I pray that you would help me every day to walk in your grace. And then he would say these famous words, and I heard it over and over. Don't let JT take JT to hell. Don't let me be lost, but help me to walk in your abundant grace and in your abundant mercy. Help me, O oh God, to be what you say I am. Help me to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh so that I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Help me to be pleasing to you every day of your life. Before we can ever lead, we've got to be able to lead ourselves to the altar in prayer. And when I heard him preach, I need forgiveness. Little did he know there was a young person there that had sinned that weekend. It happened to be me. But when I heard him preach, I need forgiveness, and God will give it to me now. When I heard that, I am so thankful that we have a God that can be touched, that can forgive us and can wash us and can help us. If you have made a mistake, just dust yourself off, get up, stand on your feet, dust yourself off, and move forward because God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? I, I, want to, I, I want to turn your attention here because I believe that the Lord has expanded, at least to my revelation, that here it is, a prayer of dedication. And the Lord heard him. And the Lord even went back to Solomon and appeared to him to let him know that he heard him. And that is what is so powerful to me that God was not only listening, but listening distinctly to every word that he prayed. Can I tell you here this morning, if you pray it out, God will hear it. I don't care how complex the word is or how simple it is, God will hear it. You better be careful what you say when you pray because God will pay attention to every word you say. And God was listening, very attentive to this 29-verse prayer. He wanted him to know, I'm hearing every word. I heard every word you say. But there was something that captured even God's attention. And when you look at chapter 7 of the same book, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, thus Solomon, verse 11 Finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord 
and in his own house he prosperously affected. And the Lord appeared unto Solomon by night and said unto him, this is an appearance from God himself. I was listening to your prayer of dedication. I was listening to every word you said, Solomon. I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. Now, many have thought, no doubt, that, that God is making this proclamation uh, on his own. This next verse in verse 13, but God revealed to me that this is only God reciting Solomon's prayer back to him in detail. In other words, God had so been attentive to his prayer that he's now going to recite his prayer back to him. If I shut up the heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. And this is what the Lord has revealed to me. This was his prayer of dedication. But many of you have prayed prayers of personal dedication. And what happened to Solomon is his prayer of dedication became a prophecy that God would fulfill. His prayer literally would become his prophecy. Can I tell you that you have prayed prayers that will become a prophetic utterance from God himself? Prayers that you prayed that literally will become your prophecy. Lord, I'm asking you to, to do something in my family. I'm asking you to touch my mother. I'm asking you, and when I was a new convert, God came to me, Sister Hunt, and confirmed. I, I didn't pay tithes. I didn't have anything to offer the church. I was just a young man in training. But when I offered, I offered my body in prayer and fasting and I gave gave it to God and God confirmed with me in the word I asked him during that fasting time of fasting and prayer I'm asking you to break the alcoholism off of my mother I'm asking you to, to touch her and to bless her and even though my mother would not convert until 10 years later God would give me a sign I opened up my Bible and God literally spoke and told me like he told Solomon but he told me through the word he said you have need of confidence that after you have done the will of God that you might obtain the promise what he was telling a new convert your prayer has become your prophecy and in the process of time I'm going to save your mother I'm going to remove 
remove that alcoholism. I'm going to break every chain and every yoke. Oh, my. I've, I, I'm, I've come to tell you on a Saturday morning, some of you have prayed your way into a prophecy. It might not have happened in the first year or the second year or the third year, but I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God heard you the first time you prayed, and it shall come to pass in the process of time. The building will come to pass. The church will come to pass. The revival will come to pass. Your sons and daughters, that that chain, that grip of perversion will be broken off of them. He heard your cry. He heard your pray, prayer, and it will come to pass even as the Lord has declared it. Would you clap your hands and thank God for it? It just because it hasn't happened in the first year, the second year, the third year doesn't mean it's not coming. God heard you. He saw your fasting. He saw your labor in the heat of the day. He saw you pressing and pushing in faith in spite of your opposition. And God has sent me to tell you your prayers on the way. In the process of time, it shall come to pass. Would you praise him for it? Would you thank him for it? I feel the Holy Ghost in here today. If I could get out of generality just a moment. Sister Stevens, your, your prayer was heard. Your prayer's on the way. In the name of Jesus, in the process of time, every promise that he has said he will do and he will give to you. Don't be afraid. It is coming. He heard you. He heard you. And God would tell me, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. But in the process of time, the miracle shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Sister Branham, every word you have prayed, it's going to come to pass. Does anybody feel what I'm feeling in here right now. I feel this is universal. I may get in trouble calling names because I feel in the Holy Ghost that every consecrated prayer warrior, you have, you have prayed prayers, but God will start bringing them back to you in the form of miracles, signs, and wonders. In Jesus' name, stand with me and clap your hands and thank God for that. Praise him a moment. This is a prayer conference. Praise him and worship him and exalt him. Don't be afraid. David said, there are many, there are countless fear knots. Somebody said there's a fear knot uh, for every day of the year. I couldn't find that in the Bible, not fear not, not in the King James but there are over 500 places where God says, fear not or don't be afraid. David said in Psalm, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. I will have a trust in God that goes transcends my fear. I will triumph in him because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I will not fear what man will do to me. I cannot fear what man will say about me. There's a heritage that comes to true servanthood. If you're a servant of the Lord, you don't have to be afraid of the tongues of men. Because God will help you. 
and God will lead you, and God will take care of you. I want to turn your attention today to the book of Psalm 91. And I do believe that I am speaking today to the dwellers of the secret place. Some of you could quote this chapter. It's a powerful chapter. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with His feathers and under His wings shall thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that fly, flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand shall fall at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to bear thee up in their hands. They shall bear thee up in their hands. And I am thankful that we have angelic visitation and God is able to touch us, to bless us, and to help us. I want to slow down for a minute and break down this psalm if I could because when reading the book of Psalms, like any poetry, it's very important to visualize the image that is being depicted, particularly as it pertains to God. And to do this accurately, it is important to pay attention to three literary devices, personification, anthropomorphism, and zoomorphism. Personification is when human characteristics are used to create energy for uh, something non-human. So the idea or the concept may be better understood an example of personification would be justice is blind. Anthropomorphism is when something non-human or not a human being is described as behaving as it were human. For example, listen to your heart. The term zoomorphism is when animals characteristics are used to describe an object a person or a deity. An example is how God might hide a believer under his wings according to Psalm 91 and 4 that I just quoted to you. And so when we fully understand what David was saying, it demonstrated the great need that we have for a secret place in our lives to where we can encounter God on a daily basis. I am so glad that I am speaking to people today that truly have a relationship with God. And there is no meeting that I would rather preach in because the receptivity is here because I am preaching to hungry, holy, and consecrated people. 
And it's a difference when the audience is saying, feed me and help me and help me to go higher. I, I realize the company that I am preaching and teaching to today, people uh, of, of high intellect and high education, and, but more than all of the intellect and all of the education, I am preaching and teaching to hungry people that desire a real, true, heavenly, holy relationship with God. And the word says, blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. David was a man that longed for the holy place, and I'll talk about that here in a moment. When we fully understand what David was trying to communicate, it demonstrated the great need that we have for a secret place where we can encounter God on a daily basis. And have a walk with him. David used buildings to personify the protective qualities of God. Much of Psalm 91, especially those verses 1 through 13, was spent assuring individuals that God will protect us from harm. Notice words such as refuge, fortress, habitation. Although these words are, are not identical and they have different meanings, they are pl places that a person can go and occupy. It's a place that somebody can go and find security. The idea here that is being personified in the Word is that God's dwelling is not just a place where an individual might go, but a place where that individual can live. And David said, it's the secret place that I don't want to just visit. It's the place I want to live. Consecration is a place I want to live. Dedication is a place I want to live. Prayer is the place that we want to live. Every prayer warrior in this room has been moved by songs that were sung like artists, like uh, Sister Mickey Mangan that would say, I miss my time with you. You don't understand that song. That song is meaningless to you unless you have ever been with him alone in the secret place. That, that song means nothing to you unless you have had encounters with God when your heart was broke or your feelings were hurt and you understood, if I can just get in his presence and pray through this, if I can get in his everlasting arms, everything is going to be all right. Or those who have had the crushing blow of losing loved ones, that dreaded call of losing a child, but a beautiful saint of God says, if I can just get back in your presence, if you can hold me, everything's going to be all right. If you'll cradle me in those everlasting arms, people that know what a secret place is all about, a place where God can come and dwell, and not only dwell, but to minister to every hurting place. Does anybody know what I'm preaching about today? A secret place. Dwellers of a secret place that long to be in that place with God. I, I'm thankful for every young person that had a praying mother and a praying father. Oh, you are blessed. If you've got a praying mother and a praying uh, father and a praying grandmother and a praying grandfather, 
you just don't know how blessed you are. But, but my family didn't pray, they partied. When I came home on a Sunday night, there was so, so grotesque sin coming out of the video machine that I would have to take my Bible and cover my face to go to my bedroom because of all of the things that I would be exposed to. There were times that I, I would see my mother passed out on the couch because of alcohol. And I went to my smoke-filled bedroom in a trailer. And I want to tell you, it just because you may not have the influence of a prayer warrior, you can become that prayer warrior because God will go home with you no matter what your environment is. I can testify that God, His Spirit will literally come into a smoke-filled atmosphere to find a young man 15 years of age lifting his hands and his heart saying, God, come and minister to me. Forgive me for every sin I've committed. Help me to be pleasing to you. Wash me I can tell you time and time again that I felt the presence of God sweep into that bedroom and comfort me as only the Holy Ghost can a secret place where God would come and dwell and speak there were times because of fear <clears throat> fear that possibly drunk my stepfather would injure me that I would take my on my head to go to sleep. I can't tell you the peace that would come knowing that God was with me. I'm here today. I'm a preacher of the gospel 30 plus years, but I'm telling you, it all started in a secret place where God would come and dwell, where he was invited. And I am preaching to people that have the same story. God has been with you for years, and you have found him to be a protector. You have found him to be a provider. You have found him to be a healer. You have found him to be a, a, a deliverer. Everything that you have needed, you have found and prayer after prayer after prayer has been answered I feel like celebrating answered prayer it came as a result of dwelling in a secret place of having a relationship with God where you could cry it out and sob it out and pour it out and God never was intimidated by anything you would tell him and you didn't have to worry about hearing it from somebody else talking about it but God said I'll hide it because I've, I've hidden you you can hide in me you can rest in me you can find everything you need would you just praise him with me a moment I feel like praising him people that know God answered my prayer. When I was hopeless, God answered my prayer. When I was hurting, God answered my prayer. When I was suffering, God answered my prayer. When I was sick, God answered my prayer. Can I just tell you, I, I, I feel so moved. I told Brother Tyler on the way here, I, I had a Bible study. I've been in Bible study for a year, every Saturday morning at 8. And I relayed to him before I got on the Bible study, a virtual Bible study going down the road. And before I started that Bible study, I said, you know, he asked how my granddaughter was doing. I said, my granddaughter is doing amazing. She started eating. My, my daughter said, Dad, she's just like you. 
I said, well, how is that? She said, I, myself and Ethan were eating dinner, and she would follow the spoon all the way to my mouth. And then when I'd go to get another spoonful, she would follow it all the way to my mouth. And so her, her mother said, I think she's ready to eat. And so they fed her oatmeal. It's a miracle. It really is a miracle. My, law, my, my wife had lost three children to miscarriage, and then God spoke to me supernaturally in prayer in a secret place and said, declare to the congregation your wife is about to have a baby. Nine months and five days later, a miracle by the name of Leah came into existence because if God said it, it's going to come to pass. And when I got the news that my baby, now married, was expecting her first baby, and when she lost the child, all of that emotion from her father and mother, we wept. Praying and believing that she would not have our same plight and go through the same battle. You never want your children to go through anything like that. You won't want them to be blessed without pain and without sorrow. But then when she said, Dad, don't tell anybody, but I'm expecting again. When, when that child, that grandchild was born, all I could do is go back to that sacred place, that secret place, and tell him how thankful I am for his goodness and his mercy and his kindness. But I told Brother Tyler on the way here, I said it was a prayer coordinator that God used to heal my baby. That baby who has now given me a, a grandchild, the doctors told us, said Thursday, we're going to have to put Leah on dialysis. She was just a teenage girl. But a prayer warrior, a, a sectional prayer coordinator, the San Antonio metro area, she said, Brother Scoggins, I know that there's no visitors allowed to see your child. But if you don't mind, God spoke to me to come and pray for Leah today. And Grace Burks walked into that ICU ward. And she said, blood pressure, I command you to stabilize in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Suddenly, within an hour, her blood pressure stabilized and God healed Leah. Within just a few hours that afternoon, they said, wow, she has made an amazing turnaround. He said, we're, we're going to take her off of the machines. And he said, we're talking about moving her to a regular room. And she walked out of that hospital just a few days later because of a person just like you that had a secret place that got a hold of God, who God could speak to. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't yelling. It wasn't screaming. It wasn't some weird gift of the Spirit demonstration. Blood pressure, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to stabilize. And the miracle and the manifestation was done because God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we are able to ask or even think. And I knew today that I would be coming 
to people who have prayed much. You have labored in prayer. Would you stand with me for a moment? I am I'm ministering today to the ones that, as Brother Stevens already declared, ministered to us. And when you look at Psalms 91 and pick up where I left off, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under your feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. Notice, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Would you lift your hands all over this room today? You're the dwellers of the secret place. I speak to those who have lived in that secret place of prayer. God will honor you. God will bless you. You have been a blessing to his kingdom. God will remember you all the days of your life. Years ago, the Lord revealed something to me found in Psalm 23. And I, I won't quote it, but we all could. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. There's something about this psalm. And, and when you understand, as I tried to break it down at the beginning, David is communicating storylines. And he's using personal or personification to reveal what God was to him. So in order for him to say, the Lord is my shepherd, he was a shepherd. If you had never been a shepherd, you couldn't say, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, we say that because we know that Jesus became our shepherd. So we can say, in that context, Jesus is our shepherd. But the only way that David could say, the Lord is my shepherd, is that he was indeed a shepherd of sheep. And what David was communicating, I did a study on Psalm 23 and found out that there, some theologians declared that there's between 7 and 11 Hebrew compound names for God found in Psalm 23. So like Jehovah Roi, the Lord my shepherd, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord my peace, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner, Jehovah Tesidkanu, the Lord my righteousness, Jehovah Shema, the Lord that is there, and over and over, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that doth provide. And what David was saying in this psalm, if the Lord is indeed your shepherd, he is your everything. And isn't it amazing that almost every song that David was, was writing and singing is that if he is your Lord and you can find the secret place, 
you'll find protection. You'll find provision. You'll find deliverance. You'll find answers. You'll find peace. You'll find everything. Isn't it amazing today, Brother Stevens, that the strength of the district is here? The strength of the section is here. Because you are dwellers of the secret place. Some of you already have been to the secret place this morning. Some of you spent hours in the secret place. Some of you have already travailed over your city, over your family, over your house. And I return today as the Lord's ambassador to say thank you for your commitment to prayer. Thank you for your faithfulness. But thank you most of all for your love and desire to be in the presence of God. We can't make it without His presence. We can't make it without His anointing. Brother Robert Bear is a living legend. He quotes probably between 130 to 150 scriptures every time he preaches. 86 years of age, mind still sharp, still quoting. Scripture after scripture, word after word. If he was here today, he would quote almost every scripture about prayer in the Bible. And he wouldn't have to look at his Bible. And I I can still hear him, Lord, if you don't anoint me today, if the anointer doesn't come, if you don't show up, it's going to be a long day. But if you'll come into our presence, if you will join us and meet us, if you will come and take up residence here today, then God, the blind can see, the deaf can hear, miracles can happen signs and miracles and the miraculous because if you're here anything can happen would you raise your hands all over this building and would you worship him just for a moment Lord in the name of Jesus I pray a special blessing upon the labors of prayer Lord you know all things and you do all things well you're a mighty God you're an everlasting father And we appreciate you today. Would you join with me around the altar just for a moment? And I'm hastening to a close. I felt so strong yesterday. In fact, I was questioning whether or not this would be the area that the Lord would have me to go down. And the Lord spoke this psalm to me yesterday after a season of prayer. David said, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land. And here's the prayer warrior, here's the man that knew how to get into the secret place that knew how to get into the presence of God, but because of Absalom, he is fleeing. He's running from the city to what is called now the wilderness. But even in the wilderness, David says, I know how to get a hold of you. Even in the wilderness, my soul is longing for the sanctuary. 
I'm longing for that secret place, but I can't get there right now. He was in a position that demanded a different type of prayer. He's going through adversity. He's in a difficult place. He said, I, I'm in a place where it's a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the secret place or the sanctuary. I want to see that power again. I want to see and feel that demonstration. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. When I remember thee upon my bed, he said, I won't wait. When I get up in the morning, I'm looking for the secret place. When I go to bed at night, I'm looking for the secret place. And now David is in a dry and a thirsty land. He is fleeing from Absalom. He's in the adversity of his life. But he's remembering the sanctuary. But something, a revelation comes to him. I'm still the sanctuary. I'm going to praise you right where I'm at. I'm going to lift my hands to you. I'm going to lift my voice to you because I can draw your presence unto me. I, I'm going to surrender totally and completely. And I just felt that, that there may be somebody that may be going through the adversity of your life, but you've been a secret place dweller. And now God will come to your place. God will come to your present situation and minister to you. Would you just lift your hands and praise him as they begin to sing softly? Would you just magnify the Lord right where you're at and glorify him? Would you join hands with somebody beside you or put your, your arms around their shoulder if it's convenient? I want you to pray one for another in the name of Jesus. Lord, I praise you. I exalt you. I love and I magnify you. You are holy and mighty and majestic. God wanted in Psalm 91 to know I'll be your refuge. That's why I'll talk about buildings. I will be your covering and your shelter. That's why I'm talking about being under the wings of God. I want you to know that I will be with you all the days of your life that I will strengthen you. I will walk with you. I will bless you. 